Welcome to the Raiders Training Camp Podcast, presented by Pizza Hut. Live from the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, here are your hosts, Jesse Merrick and Eddie Pascal. And Raider Nation, we are back on the balcony at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. Eddie Pascal, joined by Jesse Merrick for another episode of the Raiders Training Camp Podcast, brought to you by the good people at Pizza Hut. And Jesse, before we dive in to everything that we've seen and we will see, a little housekeeping, right? We're recording this on Tuesday morning, and the Raiders have to cut, just like everyone else in the, in the league, to 80 players by later this afternoon. So the most recent transactions for the Silver and Black, uh, they re-signed, they brought back free agent tackle Devery Hamilton. They released Rasul Douglas and Parker Ehinger and then waived Corliss Waitman. So we are not quite at the 80 yet, but we are getting closer and closer to that new kind of line in the sand that we have to get to in the next couple hours here. Yeah, another little minor tweak of the roster before we get to the big one. That's going to be kind of crazy. Obviously, you know, the building lightens up big time over that time. Um, but, yeah, you know, after the game, you know, you kind of get an idea of some guys that are going to be not long for the organization. And then uh, you really start to see the running on the wall of who, who needs the ball out this last week, especially as we get into the Niners game. Gruden noted he wants to see a lot of those bubble guys. So going to be really interesting to see kind of what happens from now till when we tape this podcast again to see who can maybe separate themselves and put themselves in a better situation going into that Niners game. The Rasul Douglas move kind of is the one from the, those three that I kind of raised an eyebrow at. And for me, looking back on, what was it, Saturday, mm-hmm. it just seemed like there were moments of greatness, but there were also moments of quite the opposite as yeah, well. Yeah, it was a bit of a roller coaster ride. And the thing that stuck out to me as we were watching the game was like, make a good play, shoot yourself in the foot mm-hmm. with a penalty. And I'm like, that's one of those things like, Gruden's not going to put up with that. You know, it's very clear he does not want to see that type of stuff happen. We saw last year so many times guys would make good plays and then you would give up a first down because of a penalty or something like that. I think he's got like nightmares of all that stuff kind of happening. So he doesn't want to mess with that type of stuff. And to be fair, if you're Rasul Douglas, you're now in your fifth year in the NFL. Like you got to understand, I think, that situation a little bit better where you're obviously a guy here that's fighting for a roster spot. And you can't have those personal fights. Like you just can't. No, it's 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 a maturity thing. But like I don't, I hate to say that because the dude that's been in the league for a while. But like, and it's also preseason. Like you're going out there having a good time. Yeah. Like don't get me wrong. But you got to have the awareness, you know, not to step over that line. And because that's again where it's going to hurt your team. I mean, you can't be giving up first downs like that, especially on a defense that is trying to you know rebrand itself and, and flip things around. And especially if you're a guy in his position where you look at kind of just yeah. the lay of the land here, right? You have Trayvon Mullen. Mm-hmm. You got Damon. You got Casey. I mean, these are guys that are not going anywhere. And you got to essentially say, I got to be 99 and a half at 100 to make sure I take one of these 53 spots. And it comes, like you said, you shoot yourself in the foot. And obviously, that's probably one of the main reasons, main reasons why he's not here anymore. Yeah, no, 100%. I mean, he's, he's one of those guys, you know, here in other areas where there's a quarterback battle or something like that. You know, when it's close, you got to win that outright. Like, he had to come here and ball out. And there couldn't be any negative marks or any negative hash marks by his name there. And clearly there were a couple. You know, he had some times in camp where you were watching. You're like, hey, this guy's actually got a little something. But clearly it just wasn't consistently enough. And then, again, you add in stuff like that where it's, you know, mental mistakes and things like that where you step over the line that are going to hurt the team. And, you know, Gruden and them just don't have the time for that because of the guys you mentioned and because of the guys that have shown out throughout camp. I mean, look at Nate Hobbs. Yeah, I was going to say, and speaking of guys that ball out, that's what we call a segue, right, Jesse? That's why you're here, the resident (laughs) professional. But, man, have a day, Nate Hobbs. Have a week, Nate Hobbs. Have a two, three months, Nate Hobbs. I mean, at this point, it's like you're just checking things off the box if you're that young fellow. Man, captain consistency out Mm -hmm. of that kid. It has been unbelievable. He's got now, I think, six tackles, one tackle for a loss, a sack, two pass breakups, an interception in two preseason games. I'm just going to come out and say it. The kid's a starter. Like, which It's not like I'm going out on a limb there. 
But, like, he has done everything right. He's consistent. He's got great instincts. That's the thing that stands out to me the most. A kid uh, that young coming in, his instincts just show. I mean, on the one where he had the tackle for a loss and that one on the screen, just boom, sticks his foot in the ground right away and is so quick that he beats the block. The guy was in motion trying to come over and block him, just slips right past it, gets there for the tackle for the loss. The interception, that wasn't even his responsibility. He went flying back there and covered for the safety that wasn't in the right position. He jumped, didn't get a pass interference. Like, he did everything right on that play in order to come down with it and then completes it, gets the interception. I mean, this kid has been unbelievable. He's got the attitude. you got to like his size. He's 6'1", 195, so he's also shown he can do it inside and outside. I mean, out of a fifth-round pick, this is as good as it gets. And I, that's the thing I was going to bring up is you look at the versatility, mm-hmm. right? I mean, and Mayock and Gruden have talked from day one. They want to bring in guys that are versatile. And you look at Nate Hobbs, especially over these past two weeks, like you said, inside, outside. I have a feeling in a pinch they get thrown back there and play a little safety, play yeah. a little center field. I mean, and if you're a guy in his position, we talked about taking advantage of your opportunities. If you're a guy like him, a fifth-round guy, a day three guy, yeah. you got to do everything right. And to his credit, he has done everything right. He has shown he is a valuable member of this secondary, a valuable member of this defense as a whole. And like you said, man, he is playing himself very quickly into not only a spot on this 53, but a spot on this 53 where he's going to get a lot of run. Yeah, 100%. And you and I had spoke about it, you know, prior to the season. You know, Nevin Lawson's the guy you kind of slot in there at that corner spot or at the nickel spot. Well, he's gone the first two games of the season. So we always, again, this was before camp had started. We're wondering who's going to maybe emerge. Is it going to be a meek? It may be Nate Hobbs. We, we weren't talking too much about him. And now the kid has made it to where you cannot ignore him. So he's going to get that opportunity week one and week two. And the way the kid's playing, I don't think you're going to get him off the field. No, and, and look, like you said, when you're looking at a day three guy, mm-hmm. I mean, this has got to be the dream oh, for yeah. Mike Mayock and John Gruden. We talk about value. Mm-hmm. It does not get any more valuable than Nate Hobbs on day three right now. And as incredible as he played, he wasn't the only guy in that defense that balled out. No. And unfortunately, we got to go kind of on the sad route. Yeah. Javen White, an incredible first half again. The kid from UNLV, a fan favorite, a dude who's beloved here, as you know, in this neck mm-hmm. of the woods playing his behind off, having a great training camp, a great preseason, and then all of a sudden, boom, it just feels like it ends just like that. Yeah, and I mean, you know, you teased it uh, the last time we did the pod before we took off for L.A. that you guys had some content coming out. It was Javen, you know, mic'd up in that first preseason game. You could see the joy that this kid has for the game, how much fun he was having out there, you know, saying you love football, you love football. If you haven't seen it, I encourage you to go see it. Sadly, it's going to make you sad now watching it, but it just hurts you for the kid. I mean, he would come out and done anything and everything to not just make the roster, but to get a role where he's going to get some playing time. And I asked Gruden, I believe it was after the first preseason game, I asked him about Javen, and he lit up right away. You know, I was talking about how, and you and I have talked about it on the pod, prior to that first preseason game, I don't think there was anybody else on this roster that wanted to hit somebody else more than Javen mm-hmm. White. You know, he was taking guys to the ground in practice, getting yelled at a bit for it. But, like, the kid has the fire. You could tell Gruden loved him. He mentioned how proud he was, the fact that he's carved out a role in this defense. And, again, you know, as we're taping this, we don't know quite what it is. Nothing official you know, just yeah. yet. Fingers crossed it's not season-ending or it's not something super long-term. You never know. Anything can happen in the couple days since it did happen. But you just it, it hurts for the kid that he's going to miss any time, if any, it, dealing with something like that. Like, it's tough to see because he was a guy that clearly was going to do a lot, whether it was in a more so special teams role when the season starts or whatnot. But with, that's a kid that was fighting for a spot and had clearly done enough to impress everybody. And then if you kind of just take, if you zoom out a little bit now and you look at that linebacking core in general, and like now you're kind of scratching your head a little bit. Yeah. Javen White's down for an undetermined amount of time. 
Nick Morrow's down. Mm-hmm. Nick Kwiatkowski's down. Hopefully we're going to see him sooner than later. But all of a sudden, you when you're looking at the defense and you're like, okay, we feel pretty solid about linebacker. We got Littleton. Morrow's due for a huge year. Javen White is a tremendous death piece. And all of a sudden, you're like, well... We're kind of we're kind of running out of bodies here quick. Yeah, I mean, you look at it, and Kwiatkowski had been rolling with the second set of linebackers for a while, which, like, you look at that, and you're like, dang, that kind of depth. He had been paired with Javen in that second grouping there, and that's where you're like, all right, cool. Like, you got a guy that was a starter last year that's going to be in that second-tier unit there. And then now, again, nothing wrong with bringing Kwiatkowski up if Morrow is down for quite a while, but that's where you start to look behind him, and you're like, okay, what's that going to look like? So guys like Asmar Bilal, Duran Lee, you got Tanner Muse who's going to be taking on a lot more of a role here. Max Richardson, you know, those are guys that we really need to see a lot out of in this whole week. You know, there was talks of the Raiders talking to uh, Mark Barron, bringing him in for a workout. If anything materializes from that, KJ uh, KJ Wright, you know, that's something the price on him is probably going to go up because Seattle's also interested at this time. So whether they go outside or look within what they've got right now, this is a massive week for the linebackers. And I'm glad you brought up Tanner Muse. And, and Tanner Muse has been probably the most discussed guy yeah. who's never played a game in the NFL before. <laughs> like, no disrespect to Tanner, but yeah. like, he's just been a, a conversation starter for the past couple months. But all of a sudden now, you look at him and you talk about, we talk, it seems like a constant theme of guys taking advantage of their reps. Javen's down, Nick's down. Well, both Knicks are down, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you're like, all right, Tanner Muse, like we've seen you improve steadily throughout these these first couple weeks. Let's really, you know, kind of ratchet it up a notch. Yeah, and this is where we're gonna see that. We're gonna see what the kids got. And he's listed at six two, two twenty seven. I think he's bigger than that. You know, just he did he him. did come in looking a lot bigger yeah, this year. Yeah, he looks a lot bigger. So the kid put some weight on. He kept the speed. You can clearly see that. He came through with a sack in this game. Was it this game or the other game where he had the pass batted down? I think I it was remember. game one. I think yeah. it was the Seahawks game. Game one. So, like, I mean, he's got the athleticism. Obviously, he's a guy, you know, similar to a Javen White who played safety in college and is making the move down, but has clearly brought the strength with him. So now we're going to kind of see, okay, how do you do consistently against an offensive line? But this is a massive week for him. And, again, he's not a bubble guy. He's going to make this roster. But, like, in this game against San Fran, I'm real curious to see, you know, what he puts on tape because he's going to get a heck of a lot more reps more than likely, unless unless the injuries are very serious, maybe they'll cut back on those reps for him. He's a guy that brings a lot of interesting tools to the table. And also, we're going to get a look at Divine Diablo as well this yes. week for the first time, you know, as full go for him. So we get to see the tools he brings to the table, a guy that's in a similar mold to Muse. Yeah, and, and the thing is, is that Divine is a guy that if you're a fan of this team, that you just got to be excited to just see on the football field in meaningful action. Right? Yeah. I mean, he comes in and you're like, Oh, okay. This guy, this guy's going to be a little something, something. And then obviously the past couple of weeks, a couple of months don't really go to plan. But now he's going to come back. We're going to see the, the dramatic return of Divine Diablo. And it's going to be exciting to see what kind of piece he's going to be for Gus Bradley and what he can kind of, where Gus can move him around and really set him up in a position to succeed. I don't know about you. I'm just more so excited. Like, I'm happy he's healthy. I'm just excited we'll get to say his name. Yes, <laughs> you know? absolutely. Yeah, we'll be able to say absolutely. his name more. Like, Divine Diablo, the best name on the team, hands down. Um, but no, it's going to be fun to watch him. You hear things, and this is the easy cliche thing to throw out, but everyone tosses out Cam Chancellor mm-hmm. in terms of the comp for him. He's going to have a different type of role in this defense, but that's awesome if you're going to compare the guy to him. And he, they do have similar body styles and things like that. He's going to be a rangy guy that will fly around in coverage. And he looks like a dude, like he just looked thicker than I thought he was going to be. I was expecting him to be a bit more lean. Mm-hmm. Like he does look thicker. So I'm, I'm curious to see how he holds up rushing the passer as well, similar to Muse when he comes on blitzes and stuff like that. So I'm excited to see what this kid brings to the table in full pads. Yeah, and, and it's one of those deals too where this is the time of year where you want them to get their feet, where you, where you want these rookies to have a little time, like, okay, familiarizing yourself with the speed of the game so yeah. you, you don't dive in there week one and you look around and you're like, oh, there's Lamar Jackson 10 yeah. yards behind me, right? <laughs> like, okay, this dude's 
it's different. Like, mm-hmm. And obviously, you're not going to get a complete kind of picture of a regular season game during the third week of the preseason. Like, I don't think anyone expects that. But at this point, for these young guys, any type of reps, any type of game situation is only going to benefit them, especially, especially right now when, you know, the training camp is a little bit different. We only have these three preseason games. Like, these young guys got to take full advantage of every single chance they get on Sunday. Sunday, yeah. right? We're Sunday, not Saturday? Yeah, yeah we're Sunday. Yeah. I had to think about that one, too. And before I continue off of that, yes. I just looked up Divine Diablo's 40 time. He had a 4-2 at his pro day. So, <laughs> a guy at that height, weight, speed. Yeah, me too. Yeah, Same you, here, Divine. Yeah, right? Same here. <laughs> I just, you mentioned, you know, Lamar running past him. He may be able to hawk him down. I don't know. That kind of speed. Can you, know? you imagine, real quick, can you imagine being his size and running like that? It's crazy. I, I, that's nuts. No, on a short note, no. Yeah, <laughs> the fastest I ever ran was a four six. Like I could never. That's fine. No, that's pretty good. It's, it's not bad for a little skinny white wide receiver. But like I couldn't imagine being that big running a four two. That is unbelievable. Yeah, and you look at the way the NFL is now. You need guys like that. Like you need you to have eight to ten absolute. Oh my god, this dude's a freak. Like yeah. how did this person? come from the same planet as me crazy and that's the thing is you've seen especially in the linebacking core i think you've seen the speed really on display in this defense Mm -hmm. that's something that i think has really jumped off the page to me and it's been kind of across the board i mean even Bilal was showing some speed in in that game against the rams so uh i i think it's going to be fun to watch because you know the raiders i know over the years have gotten a lot of flack for drafting guys based off of their 40 time high weight speed guys exactly But in a defense like this, that's where that stuff kind of shines. So it makes it a lot more fun to watch for me from the standpoint of just like, let's see these dudes, these athletes go out there and play. And it has a sadder tone to it, admittedly, now since Javen is down. But yeah. on that on that one play he had where he, I mean, it looked like he got beat and then he backtracked and had that pass breakup. Yeah. I mean, you can't teach that. I mean, you, I, you can teach parts of it. But you can't teach just that raw, get on your horse, athleticism, go make a play. That was just head down, taking off, flying through there. That was impressive from Javen. Then also the finish, too. Like, he attacked the hands. I mean, he played it perfectly once he got there. So, one, just getting there. And, two, actually getting your hand in there to knock that sucker away. I think, honestly, that was his best play of the preseason, too. I think so, too, yeah. And then to Real ha- impressive. And then to go from that in, what, 15, 20 minutes in real time to being carted off. I mean, like we I know we've yeah. talked about it a lot. It just your heart breaks for a kid like that. And. You know, we just keep our fingers crossed that it's not as serious as it looks. We've said it a million times. You and I are not medical doctors. No. Ray on the ones and twos is not a medical doctor, <laughs> right? We're just dudes who are watching the same thing that you guys are. Yeah. And we're kind of just reading body language. And, I mean, you look at him carted off with the you know the towel over his head. I mean, that's tough, man. Yeah, it's it's a, really tough. It's a bad visual, tough visual to see. You know, in again, we're not doctors, but you know what that usually mm-hmm. means when you see that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we got a lot to get to. We're going to look ahead a little bit to the Niners. We're going to do more of that at the end of the week. But we're really, after this, going to figure out what we need to see over the next three, four days of practice. But before we do that, Ray has given me the sign. we got to hear from our good friends at Pizza Hut. The $10 tastemaker from Pizza Hut. Stuck in traffic? Just think of all the delicious meat and veggie combinations. Whoops, got a little distracted there. Large, up to three toppings, just 10 bucks. No one out pizzas the hut. Deal not available in some locations. Exclusions apply. And we are back, and Jesse, interesting kind of wrinkle of the week now, where we've been living this early morning, 7.30 practice, which frankly, I like. I've been a pretty vocal supporter of like, let's just get this done, let's be out here at 7 a.m., dominate until 2 or 3 and go home. But now, your Las Vegas Raiders shift into quote-unquote regular season mode, meaning we have practice at what, like 10.30 now? 10.30, and I'm loving it. Don't get me Uh, wrong, I adjusted to the waking up at 6 You were telling me like a week ago how much you loved it. I did, and I'll probably continue to do that and like do my own normal life and go to the gym in the morning and stuff so I can get that out of the way. But like, 
I'm not gonna lie. When I saw the schedule from Katie, I was like, "Whoo! Thank God! <laughs> like I could sleep in a bit." So like, I'm sleeping until 8 a.m. the last couple of days to kind of uh. catch it back up on sleep. But I'll get back on your game on the 6 a.m. game. Yeah, it's here. a good it's a good life to be about. Ray yeah. Ray doesn't have a mic on today. What time Ray? What time you get at these days? 6:30. Yeah, Ray's at 6:30. I respect that. I'm a yeah. I'm a ugh. I'm a weirdo, but I'm like a 505. Man. Let's just dominate. You're Let's like just do close it. to the Gruden grind on that. Oh, one. I'm close. But also like Gruden, I'm asleep by about 8:30. Yeah. So, I mean, I can't <laughs> I can't do the full 18 hours. But the the reason this is interesting is that now the schedule shifts from kind of the the camp, the grind of camp into now like a regular season. Today's Tuesday, so the players are off on Tuesday and then we're going to be back on the field Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Friday assu- we're assuming is going to be a light day kind of like a normal yeah. uh, like it would during the regular season. But with three practices now in between now and when the team is going to fly to Santa Clara. What do we need to see from this group? Because we were talking about it earlier. There is still a lot of questions that we need to have answered between now and September 13th. Yeah, I think this is the time where we're really going to start to see, you know, more of those bubble type guys get a lot more opportunity to really show and make their lasting impression on this team. Not only in the week leading up to the game, but especially in the game as well. Gruden mentioned that. But this week, that's where I think maybe we'll start to see more, you know, one-on-ones and more like good-on-good type of action. Mm-hmm. And then you start seeing these younger guys get an opportunity to be like, hey, make one lasting impression for us and show us why you have to make this team or why we can't let you out of the building at the very least, put you on our practice squad. You know, those are going to be the guys to watch. They're going to be real interesting to see. You and I were talking before the uh, before we started this podcast in the receiving core. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. there's six dudes that are, like, solidified in their spots. I mean, I numbered them out real quick just to read them off. We got Zay, Henry Ruggs, Hunter Renfro, John Brown, Willie Sneed, and Brian Edwards. I mean, they're not going to keep more than six. So guys like DJ Turner, Marcel Aitman, you know, Keelan Doss, and um, uh, Stoner? Dylan Stoner. There yep. you go. Couldn't find him on the list there. You know, that's those are the guys where, okay, hey, Show us why you should be maybe unseating one of these guys in the top six or why we can't let you get out of here. we got to put you on the practice squad and, and lock you down in that sense. And that's that's the thing, too, right, where everyone makes such a big deal out of the 53. And I get that. We're yeah. going to do the exact same thing. Like, we're going to dissect and slice and dice the 53 when it comes out a week, for, a week, gosh, a week from today. Crazy. But think about this. The 53 that you walk into, into Allegiant with week one are not the 53 that you're going to wrap up the season with. No. And that's not a Raider-specific thing. That is across the league. The first 53 are never the final 53. And we can't forget about the practice squad because every single year, without fail, yeah. you will stash someone on the practice squad, and then all of a sudden, week five, week six, you are really, really happy that you have them there and you can call them up. And that's just the reality of the NFL in 2021. 100%. Especially as crazy as last year was, they did yeah. go to the practice squad multiple times. Javen White was a practice squad guy. Perfect example. That played the Dallin very Levitt, first game. Another one. Dallin Levitt, exactly. So, like, these are guys that not only will help you during the season, but also in the years in the future where you continue to develop them and all of a sudden they become guys that are possible contributors on your team. So definitely nothing to scoff at. To me, that's the more interesting thing. Like, if we're looking at it, yeah, there's going to be a couple surprises on the 53, but I'm more interested to see, hey, who do they stash in-house? Because those are the more, in my mind, the interesting battles because the Raiders are in a spot now where if you've been at practice this whole time, you kind of have an idea of how things are going to spin, you know, slot up. Yeah, and look, there's always one or two exactly. like, oh, okay, maybe these guys are seeing it a little different than we are. And that's just the reality of things, mm-hmm. right? But I like to give the NFL a hard time. I've done it a million times. But I do have to give them credit for keeping the expanded practice squad. Yeah. I think it is the right thing to do. I think it's the right thing for the teams. I think it's the right thing for the players. And overall, I think it just helps the game, right? When you have quality people in-house that you can just call up and, and God forbid, a last-minute thing, like, oh, it's Friday and we're down four corners. All right, good. We got one. 
who's sitting here in, in the locker room. He's ready to go. He knows the playbook. He knows everything we got to do. He knows how we travel, how we practice. Boom, bring him up. I think it helps the quality of the game. And it's not overly sexy, right? I understand that people are not going to get super into the weeds of who's on <laughs> the Baltimore Ravens practice squad. I get that. But if you are a fan of the Raiders or whatever your team is, you need to know who those guys are because lo and behold, every single year, you'll be really grateful that one of those dudes is hanging out come the middle of the season. Heck yeah. Look at Darren Waller. He was yeah. a guy on the Ravens per- practice squad. Perha- per- Perhaps literally the best example in the history yeah, of the NFL. Yeah. Also, think about this. How did the Ravens let that dude get off of their practice squad? <laughs> like, I don't think we've re- like ever really talked about that. Mm-hmm. But like, I know Waller is in like much better shape physically, mentally, yeah. spiritually, all that right now. But how do you let him get off the practice squad? It's crazy. I mean, I know they're obviously very happy with Mark Andrews. But you know in the building they have to be like... I mean, no disrespect to Mark Andrews. But I mean, look at Darren Waller. No, exactly. That's what I'm saying. So like... You know they got to be like, God, how did we let that happen? Uh, like, you just, just whoop, see ya. And that's where I heard that now the Ravens practice squad guys don't warm up before the game anymore uh, <laughs> on the field because of Is that, that really? I, I did hear that, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's really funny. I mean, hey, shout out to, to Ole and, uh, mm-hmm. and Gru, though, for being like, I think this dude can play football. Heck, yeah. Oh, man, that is really, really funny. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> they don't warm up anymore? Yeah, no, yeah, oh. I heard that's the truth, yeah. That is fantastic. Mm-hmm. But we look, we now have three practices. We just have, gosh, about three weeks. Well, yeah, just about three weeks now until Monday Night Football. And it's we're in like that weird space, Jesse, where it feels like, oh, man, we only have three weeks. Or else, <laughs> like, dude, we still have three weeks before we play a game. Yeah. Like, it's that kind of funky in between, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I was on the radio yesterday talking about that. I was asked, do I think that the starters are going to play at all in this last preseason game? And I said no because I'm like, What's the benefit of that? Because you have two weeks until you play a real mm-hmm. game. I'm like, all right, if it's a week, okay, yeah, it's that bit of that dress rehearsal, things like that. But two weeks after the fact, like, these are guys that have been in the league so long. Like, what do you need that for? It's so funny. Ray and I literally had this discussion yesterday. Yeah. And I was like, someone give me the pitch. Someone elevator pitch me on why yeah. Derek or Darren or Max or Josh. Tell me why they need to play. And I would love to hear like a legitimate, like thought out, well thought out thesis because I can't find one. There's I not really one. can't. Yeah. And the thing I was thinking about the other day, like I'm just curious, and I'll probably ask Gruden next time we talk to him. Like I'm just curious, like how his, you know, obviously didn't have the preseason last year. He was very adamant about wanting it and, and how much they missed that. But think about this. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut no, you off. So we were, we were talking about that yesterday, and that's a reason for why I think they don't play, because Derek and those dudes didn't play, and we rolled out a top-10 defense. Yeah, Or excuse exactly. me, a top-10 offense. Mm-hmm. God, can you imagine we rolled out a top-10 defense last year? My <laughs> God. Woo. That would be interesting. Cooking, baby. Yeah, but, I, but I, I say that in the sense of like just how his philosophy mm. has evolved, and, and maybe last year did help him to know, hey, yeah, we don't got to play our starters, but that's a great way to see what we've got in the cupboard in terms of the younger guys and get them out there in live fire. So, like, I'd be curious to see kind of what his thoughts are on how things have changed for him and how he's viewed it. Because I know Carr played in the Arizona preseason game two years ago. The whole starting, but all the starters did. And I believe that was the second preseason game right after they played the Rams initially. I wasn't that, not to bring up dark dark memories for the nation, but yeah. that was with the receiver who shall not be named, yes. right? Mm-hmm. And I, say, I wonder... I wonder if we really go back. I wonder the last time Derek played serious reps in the preseason. It's got to be yeah. I think it was only eighteen. Like, it had to be a long time ago. Derek mentioned it a while ago, and one of the things it's escaping me what he had said. But I mean, I think it was only like one drive in that yeah. game against Arizona. But yeah, it, it, I, I don't think it makes like, any sense. And like, what do you get out of one drive if you're Derek? Exactly. What do you get out of a single drive? Too. Yeah. I, as I was watching the game last night, like okay, a guy like Trevor Lawrence, you know, playing for the Jags, like, he obviously gets a lot out of it because he's mm-hmm. a rookie. This is totally new to him. And then when you're looking you know, on the Saints side, you're trying to figure out who your quarterback's going to yeah. be. But I'm like, 
any guy that's entrenched as the starter, like, <laughs> what are you going to get against the team who's probably playing like half their starters, not half of? You know, what I mean, you're like, going to against. Like, let me ups. ask you this: If the Ra- if Derek rolls out there on Sunday, yeah. and the team goes three and out, what did you gain from that? Nothing at all. You just, I mean, you broke a sweat for no reason. I guess you could say, hey, I did something. I get. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I, but let me ask you this. Would you want to play in the preseason? I would because I know I'd be like one of those okay, bubble guys. Okay, right, fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> and I'd need, but I'd need to get that money. <laughs> if you're Darren Waller, right? No, heck no. No, no. no chance. I, I don't want I don't want to step foot on the field because the thing you always hear about is like – and look, if you're a guy like Darren Waller or Derek Carr or Josh Jacobs, like, okay, you're, you're going to be locked in because, like, you understand, like, you're a football player. This is your job. But it's not the same as playing in the regular season. And that's when injuries do happen when you're out on the field and you're not completely locked in and going against the guy who is literally fighting for his job. Mm -hmm. He's going to be going 100%. So, like, I just think I agree with not putting him out there, save that stuff for the regular season. And they're going to do whatever they got to do from now till that first game to make sure these guys are ready. There's just too many variables, I think, in the preseason for me. And the risk-reward is just, it's non-existent. It's mm-hmm. absolutely non-existent. But speaking of guys that we know are going to play yeah. on Sunday, the Peterman, mm-hmm. do we get a taste of Mariota? Because Peterman's essentially gone wire-to-wire so yeah. far, except for that single kneel down to Case Cookus. Incredible play by Mr. Cookus. I mm-hmm. hope he's very successful wherever he, an- wherever <laughs> he lands. But on the real, like, do we think that we get any taste of Mariota this week in San Francisco? I think we do. You know, because I, I, I thought maybe we were going to get a taste of him in this game, but then Gruden, after obviously said that Mariota is not wasn't healthy enough, wasn't in the right spot for it. And I, I agree with you know, hey, mm-hmm. look, if, it was, if there's anything, if it's like. The guy woke up on the wrong side of the bed. Don't play him. Like, yeah. Don't risk it in the preseason. He's got a but, cold. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, you know, I think we'll see a little bit of him. How much? I don't know. Maybe maybe a quarter. I think if we see a quarter, that's like, whoa, that was a lot out of him. Um, you know, maybe they give him three uh, three plays. The three and a half, yeah. <laughs> you know? uh, we'll, we'll see how that kind of pans out for him. But I'd be, I'd be shocked if we don't see him. Gruden said that he may go in that one. And uh, I think it'd be good for us. I was talking last night on the radio again about that. How many radio hits do you yesterday, I, bro? I did, yesterday just one, but in the week I was in LA, dude. I, oh, getting, dude, yeah, I'm sure you were just your Raider Nation radio folks were keeping me busy, which hey, I'm all about. Shout it. Shout out my guys at 920. Yeah, yeah, but um, you know, I, I was talking about the fact that like, you know, it'd be nice to see, and obviously Gruden's not gonna throw the whole playbook out there, but to see how different the play calling is when Mariota's out there. You know, we saw it a bit against the Chargers, mm-hmm. but we all expect things to change a bit when he's in there, given the athletic ability that he has. So I think it'd be fun to see. I also want to know, and I haven't looked this up, and I should. Is Peterman like the leader? <laughs> I said it, I said it like Peterman. <laughs> Peter I literally did it, man. The, the way that I always say it in my head in the Gruden voice. But uh, Peterman, <laughs> right? I want to know if he's like the leader in preseason minutes this year. He's got to be, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean he's, he's gone, played every offensive snap except yeah. one. And think about how many snaps on offense they had in the first game. I mean, they they had the ball forever. We, we didn't even have a lineman go close to going wire to wire in either of these games, did we? Not that I know of. I, I, mean, I don't I'm, think so. I got the snap counts right here. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, bu- I was bu- bu- like, bu- I was like, dang man, I was thinking about it as we were watching the game because I thought we were going to see Mariota, and when he didn't get out there, I was like, dang, this guy is racking up those preseason minutes, and he's maybe he's increasing the trade value for himself. Do, you know, they br- they brought that up on the broadcast, yeah. and do we not do snap? Oh no, here it is. Sorry. I don't think Rudin would ever trade Peterman though. No, I don't think so either. Yeah. But it, it is an interesting. Like it's one of those deals, right? Where especially if you have a mobile quarterback, quote mm-hmm. unquote, as a backup. Those guys are just, it's the law of the land that there's a little more susceptible to injury. So you need to have that third guy there. Yeah. And if you're, and look, we know that JG loves quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. So you look at some teams and it doesn't really make sense for them to keep three. Yeah. I'm surprised we don't keep four or five, to be honest with you. I honestly am. I'm surprised that there's not a dude here that's going to be your practice squad quarterback. And maybe that will change at some point. I don't um, think Peterman's practice squad eligible, is he? I don't believe he is. Although I, I know they tweaked the rules. I, I 
forgive me for not knowing all the exact rules, but um, I think they tweaked it to where you can put certain guys on there now that you could in the past. All right, I finally got the snap counts out. Okay. Thank you, thank you to the uh, the Wi-Fi here. But uh, let's see. So Peterman went, yeah, all mm-hmm. 50 snaps on offense. All right, let's play a game. The next leading uh, offensive player was, and this will kind of surprise you. It surprised me a little bit. I, I'm not going to say it's a lineman. Maybe Alex Ellis. Mmm, close. Dylan Stoner. Oh, I almost 40, said Stoner. 40 snaps. And then from there we go to Jared Jones-Smith, who is the leading lineman with 34. Excuse me, him uh, and Patrick okay. Omame tied with 34 snaps. So, yeah, we don't even have anyone close <laughs> yeah. to the Peterman on the mountain of preseason uh, participation. He he killed it. And that's the thing is he's played very well. You mentioned, you know, mobile quarterbacks. you got to throw him in yeah, there Yeah, man, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if you really – and I know you can't live this, you know, play this game. But if you take away that one interception yeah. on Saturday – I mean, dude has had a really nice preseason. He has, and look, the, the interception goes on him. That's not that's not his yeah. fault. That's on know? that's on Keeling. You yeah. got to make that catch. That's gotta on Keeling. That and then even the one that got tipped, that was Omame. You know, he didn't get the low, the D lineman's hands down. That one get tipped up. I mean, so I, I don't I don't knock the guy for for any of the things that have really gone wrong. I mean, you know, I think you said it during the game. Like he wasn't getting a whole lot of help from the from the other people that were out nope. there. You know, and not so at all. that to me was even more so impressive. To be like, hey, look what this guy's doing, and you know he's kind of making you know chicken soup out of chicken, you know what? Exactly. Yeah. And look, we could do a whole show on Peterman and the Heck perception yeah. of Peterman <laughs> and all that stuff. And I would actually love to get Peterman in the lab and yeah. just break it down for well, not in the lab because unfortunately we're still living in the COVID world, mm-hmm. the remote lab. But but all the same, man. I mean, he's an interesting dude. If you look at him as just a football player, like if you take the name off the back of his jersey, yeah. he would. I mean, there are a lot of teams that would like to have him in their quarterback room. Exactly, and that's the thing that just goes to show you, like how narratives can change, yeah. can change things, and can change guys' careers. And that's where you know one thing that I've noticed here now covering the NFL on a daily basis, like seeing the national narrative around the Raiders and things like that. And it's like, man, are, are people even paying attention to this? Or like, do you have real sources within the building and like are talking to people that know what they're well, talking I'll about? I'll tell you this. The short answer is no, JC. Yeah, and yeah. I, I was like, dang, man. And it even kind of, as someone who covers the team, it made me mad where I'm like, you don't know what the heck you're talking about. So the, the narratives, you know, don't always believe them when you hear them from the national ones. Pay attention to us local guys. Exactly. There you go. Listen yeah. to Jesse and, and the rest <laughs> of the, the News 3 people and all of our local beat writers yeah. here. Like They have a, a much better beat, Everybody no does pun a great intended, job. Yeah. On, uh, on what's going on in this building. But we talk about the mobility of Peterman, leading rusher on Saturday too. Man. Averaging seven yards a pop. He does Not it all. Not too bad. He can, do, he can do it all. That He's Peter undefeated. Man. And let's see if we see him. I, mean, we'll see, I assume we'll see him on yeah. Sunday. Let's see how much we see of him on Sunday. But we got to go. Yeah. It's about that time. Good show today. Feeling strong about this. Good and stuff. then we will be back tomorrow. Well, we will physically be back here tomorrow for mm-hmm. practice. But then I believe we're recording on Friday, right? Can we confirm that, Ray? Ray's giving me the nod and the thumbs All right, up. Friday. So we are back here on Friday uh, for another edition of the show. And it's going to be fun, man. It's, it's so funny. We're like, I feel like we're finally hitting our groove. Mm-hmm. And we're like, oh, we only got like, what, four of these left, three of these left, whatever <laughs> I it is. I know, right? Uh, we were talking before we got rolling. It's like, all right, we got everything dialed in. All right, cool. We'll see you guys next year. All right, man. Yeah, we'll see you in July. <laughs> all right, cool. We'll just take a picture of this, and we'll just recreate this in July of yep. 2022. But hopefully in July of 22, we're all enjoying a much uh, freer, happier yeah. existence than quote we unquote, are right now. Quote, unquote, normal life. Yeah. Quote, unquote, normal. But what can we do? We soldier on. We grind, as Groove exactly. would do. We rise when the cock crows and record some <laughs> audio tent. So, Brady Pascal, Jesse Merrick, my man Ray on the ones and twos, Alexandra, who's downstairs today, because as I said, we are up on the balcony, and everyone else at Silver and Black Productions, thank you for hanging out with us, and we will catch you guys next time on Friday, as Ray has told me, for another edition of the Raiders Training Camp Podcast. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Raiders Training Camp Podcast, presented by Pizza Hut. 
To stay up to date on all the latest with the silver and black, download our mobile app and subscribe to the Raiders Podcast Network. 